I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. It is championship week, and I am ready to go, although I am fighting off a little bit of the Vegas bug. Um, not the good kind. Didn't catch the good kind of Vegas <laughs> Vegas trip bug. Uh, this, one, this one is the uh, random variety. Touched a million doors and dice and uh, picked up something. So I was trying to think of who the culprits were. And I've got a short little list here to go over with you, buddy. Uh, the one, of course, you know, that I, that's the one that stands out the most is that little Asian guy that was down at the corner playing craps. There's no doubt that he was dripping with some unidentified China <laughs> virus that Fauci created in some lab somewhere. Um, of course, there was also that one night, the one night that I stayed later than you and your, and your lady. Uh, I was, I got bombarded. By these, by a table full of married people. And of course, this drunk fucking married bitch was standing next to me and she was just leaning over with her hot fucking cigarette breath all night, saying a bunch of bullshit that I didn't care about. And I just, <laughs> I just want to say, Hey, lady, your husband looks like he needs a sandwich. So you should probably go. But I actually, I actually think it was because my body was used to going to Vegas and getting drunk. And since I stayed mostly somewhere between sober and a slight buzz the whole time because we were on this strip and we walked nine million miles mm. that I could never get properly drunk, that my it just sent my body into shock and it gave me a um, bug. So I promise when we go back in July and sign up for the super contest and we're back down on Fremont Street and we sign up for all the other things that we're going to sign up for, I will get hammered. In one of those pools, and come home with a come home with a proper Vegas illness somewhere between alcohol poisoning and chlamydia. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny, <laughs> oh hilarious, hilarious! We're ten hours from the fucking fun park, and you want to bail out? It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly 
monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. And as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a con artist by Crying Eagle Brewing Company in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Very good beer. Three and a half out of five stars, and I'm drinking it tonight. Longhorn, because did you know that today is the 46th birthday of the most famous con artist of this decade? And of course, I'm talking about Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. This cocksucker has managed to go from playing the piano with his ball sack on late night American television Mm-hmm. To basically becoming the czar of Ukraine, since there hasn't been an election there since after he was elected. And there probably won't be until his head is carried out of the capital on a fucking pike during the next revolution. But he accomplished gaining and maintaining his power by doing corrupt deals with the dirty Bidens and many, many other pieces of shit. Holding underground supplies of goods to be smuggled in and out of China. <clears throat> Children to be smuggled in and out of sex slave resorts for the uber wealthy. And laundering hundreds of millions of U.S. taxpayer dollars through a war effort that doesn't even really exist, and all the while getting every dumbass celebrity and libtard to say, I stand with Ukraine! And all because he's done deals with all the devils of the entire world's leadership, and he has them all by the fucking balls. Which, I do have to admit, Kind of makes me like the scumbag. So, happy birthday, President <clears throat> Zelensky, you gigantic piece of donkey dong. There isn't a room in hell worthy of your level of soullessness, but there is one waiting for you nonetheless. You know, people probably think that you're making up that first part about the piano thing. No, nah, I'm sure they don't by now. No, yeah, well, I, I don't think a lot of people know about that, but yeah, that's a fantastic. And look, that's a perfect um, like segue into our post FGH football um, time of the year into the political side. So I cannot wait to dive into more of these um, off topics that we get into in the rest of the the rest of the season, off season uh, over there on the Revolution Network. So be sure to sign up for that so you can hear more about world leaders stealing everybody's money and playing piano with their balls. Goddamn right. But right now we're going to get into the podcast and we're going to go over both games at this championship weekend in the air tonight. And of course, we're going to get you paid with another free pick palooza as we always do. But right now we have to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor this week's podcast is sponsored by yankumcars.com are you tired of car dealerships telling you that your credit is too shitty to buy a car they always say the same old cliches like your credit sucks so bad that you should be sterilized or how the 
fuck have you even lived this long? And of course, the classic, I would literally punch you in your stupid, shitty credit-having face before I sold you a fucking car. Well, if you've heard any of those tired old lines, you need to go see our friends at yankumcars.com. At yankumcars.com, they don't care how much of a low-life fucking rat you are, they'll sell a car to anybody. All you have to do is put a little money down and BAM! You are off with your slightly used piece of shit in no time. And the best part about shopping at yankumcars.com is you don't have to worry about missing payments with their 100% forgiveness program. If you miss one of your weekly payments, they won't call and harass you and your family family at all hours of the night about it, they would just simply come by your house and yank that motherfucker right out of your driveway. Talk about hassle-free! So get your broke ass over to yankumcars.com today and put in our code word GLORYHOLE for 10% off your next spectacular fucking failure. That's yankumcars.com, code word GLORYHOLE for 10% off the only deal in town for you. Literally. One more time, yankumcars.com, code word GLORYHOLE. Holy shit, Longhorn, that Yankum Cars, it sounds like a pretty straightforward business model you just pay your shit or they come take your shit back i wish there was like a fucking yank them tax dollars for those goddamn bastards in ukraine for stealing all of our fucking money but you know shit happens i guess yeah you can't you win some you lose some there's, no, there's nothing to do about that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and Children of all ages. It's time! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening. Stay calm! What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby! Yeah, baby, it is championship week. Woo, Longhorn, we are down to it. Three football games left in the 2023 season. Unbelievable that we're here again, but it always seems to happen. Uh, We got two more games, though, coming up on Sunday. To do a little bit of prefacing uh, this week. So, since 1989, the team that played on Saturday... In the divisional round versus the team that played on Sunday, uh, the person, the team that played on Sunday, 26 and 18 straight up, 22, 21 and 1 ATS. But when that team is the home team, so if, if the team that played on Sunday is now the home team on Championship Week, 19 and 7 straight up with a plus seven points per game margin, 14 and 12 ATS with a plus two ATS margin and an average line. Of minus four and a half. So just setting that up with that. That might lend a little credence to, or at least away from a conspiracy theory, so-called, with the fucking logo, since the NFL knew how they were going to set the schedule. That might be maybe why the logo's that color, because they knew both San Fran and Baltimore are going to play on Saturday, and of course the championship game being on Sunday, and if they win their home. Just saying, just saying. Might not be such a big conspiracy after all, but no. either way, uh, we're going to start with the first game, and that is those Baltimore Ravens hosting those Kansas City Chiefs defending world champions 
And somehow, the defending world champions with the best quarterback on the fucking planet are <laughs> four-point dogs on the road. Yeah, you just set that up perfect. And I, you know, I actually did a write-up on this, but I'm not even going to read it because, you know, this is this is just it's too. The, look, you just said it. This is a say it out loud type game. You've got the next Tom Brady as a four-point dog now. I can't do it. And I know, you know, it's an interesting um, battle going on here with this game between, you know, the uh, all the models, the people that run models, um, and, and people that just kind of like do it the way I do it, where it's like, you know, situational and this and that. It's an interesting battle. And, you know, I'm not one to ignore numbers for sure. I take them very seriously. Um, but there is, and actually a perfect example is last week with the numbers. I, I liked Houston in that game on Wednesday when we recorded and you came at me hard and everybody else came at me hard and I'm not that I just like I liked Houston that much so I'm I'm not like just plant my flag and stick with something stupid just for the sake of sticking with it um so by the end of that week last week I was on Houston uh or excuse me I was on Baltimore so um you know and you saw all my tickets in in Vegas they were all on Baltimore so that all that to say that if something changes in midweek i will change but on this one there's nothing nothing that can take me off kansas city in this game so you can go ahead and hit the sounder at any point during this handicap because i am i'm taking kansas city i am taking Mahomes, and until i'm proven otherwise especially when he is a dog of this high yeah i'm taking him with the points i'm i'm taking them on teasers i'm taking them on money lines i think that that experience and the fact that Lamar has struggled as a favorite, he has struggled in the playoffs, although he played really, really well last week, or, you know, overall well with the running and the passing together. I, I just, I can't do it. There, there's just no way that I cannot take Kansas City here. And we can, you know, I know you're going to have heavy numbers to, to support one way or the other. I, mean, I actually don't know which way you're going on this one. Uh, but me personally, I am, I am, uh, I'm waiting I haven't, I haven't, you know, put much on this game because the line's going up. So, you know, if you're like me and you like Kansas City, there's no harm in waiting on this just to see how high it goes because anything three and a half or, or over, you know, is is fine. So I'm actually waiting on this. I've got a tease up, obviously, already. But I'll wait on the money line and just see how high the line actually goes before I go in hard and heavy on this. Um, so, yep, I'm on. I'm on KC. I'm on Mahomes because I just can't imagine a world. We, I was stupid last week. Took Buffalo. We like Buffalo. We thought it was a spot. Finally, the spot for them. Just dumb. Just dumb, dumb, dumb. I'm not doing it anymore. So, I'm on KC. What do you got? Well, a couple things. One, that really was what perplexed me so much of why you liked Houston because of the way that you handicap. That was never the spot for Houston. I mean, yeah, I, I, I went off of it. <laughs> Yo, I know, I know you did. But here, I mean, I have nothing to argue with what you just said. I mean, you're getting Mahomes. This is the most dog he's ever been in the playoffs, which I'll get into it in a second. Um, and yeah, I mean, the money's still still coming in on Baltimore. Um, I see it minus four at, at minus one fifteen at one book. So no four and a halfs yet. Anywhere? Not yet. Okay, it's flat, especially the sharpest books. Um, so we'll see where the line. We talked about it on Monday. I thought it would continue to go up, and it has. Um, and there's a reason for that. So I know I said this last week, but I'm going to repeat it again. 
Baltimore and San Francisco. I had to create a new power ranking quad for them because we've never had not not even one team ranked as high and these two teams ended up being ranked in our power rankings ever. And now we've got two in one season. So it is perplexing from that standpoint because, again, like I said on Monday, even at four, you're still getting a discount on Baltimore. From all the metrics, you're still getting a discount. This line should be five. It should have been five at an open. It should be five all fucking day long. It just fucking should. I, I've heard some people say it should be six or seven, you know, on, on some of their models. So it's it's crazy, man. So obviously from a value standpoint, from a power ranking standpoint, anybody that does it, you know, metrically, yeah, that's why all the money is still coming in on Baltimore. But a couple of notes here. So getting into it, Kansas City and their power ranking quad, we've had four teams in the conference championship game in their power ranking quad, 4-0 ATS. Three and one straight up, but every single one of those teams had better metric matchups than Kansas City does in this one. Uh, the Rams 2018 were better in all three of our big three that we used for the championship week. New England 2018, better turnover margin and DSR. That's three and O ATS in that matchup when that happens. Cincy and San Fran in 2021 both had a better Pythagorean theorem. Uh, Variance and DSR, that is 4-1 ATS in the championship week matchup. Kansas City is only better at the Pythagorean Theorem uh, variance, which is 0-3 ATS in our conference championship matchups since 2015. So here we are again with Mahomes trying to do something that we've never had seen done since building all this data starting in 2015, which seems poetic. Because, again, he's just that fucking dude. And if anybody can do it, it's that guy. Now, can Casey win this game? Of course they can. They have Patrick fucking Mahomes. Can Baltimore win? Yeah, they should win. They're the better fucking team by a long stretch. And if you look at the biggest weakness on Baltimore, it's their run defense. There's only been, and I'm going to say this slowly, there's only been two teams, not counting Week 18 where they said everybody, Two teams since week nine that they have not covered against. Not just one, but covered against. And those two teams were the Rams and the Browns. Both are top 14 in EPA rushing since week 10. Kansas City's 22nd. So I'm not sure that they're good enough at running the ball to take advantage of Baltimore's bad running defense. But on the flip side, Baltimore is going against the best defense that they have seen since Cleveland. And Casey's defense has held them in a lot of games this year where this offense has struggled mightily. And I think that they will here, at least to a point, they they should give Patty a chance to win this game. I expect this to be a really good game. But overall, it just seems so square to me to take Mahomes and the points because it's Mahomes and the points. It just does. And I know it'll be the same situation in the sports book as it was last week with Houston. Every square ball and their mother will be on Kansas City during that game. So I've got to stay away from that. But what's what's the split say? What do you mean? The money. Ticket money. Well, this is you gotta remember it's all sharp money at this point because I'm just looking at Vegas. When <clears throat> when the weekend comes, the money will start to come in And remember the money never came back on Houston, and yet all those people 
We're lined up with yeah. Houston tickets. So, yeah. and the split and the tickets are about 50-50 right now. So I got to stay away from the square side. Not that it's wrong. The square sides can be right, but I got to stay away from that. But I'm not going to sit here and lay four points to Patrick Mahomes either, as I don't love that. So as I am apt to do, I found a couple different ways to get at this one that I think are more EV positive for us and for our listeners. So if you look at all cha- all six championship games since the new format started, so remember 2020, we started with only one bye. And that has made a huge fucking difference in the way these playoffs have played out. If you look just through the data, through the matchups, the amount of dogs that win, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So since then, uh, it's 4-2 and two on the Q2 money line in the championship game for the home favorite. But I think I've found an even better way than that to get at this one. And it's actually the Q2 total, which is currently sitting at 13.5 in this game. Since the new format started, the lowest total in the second quarter has been 16 points. So it's 6-0 to the over at that number. And if you look at every championship game since 2015, there have only been two that did not go over 13.5 points in the second quarter. And they were both teams with DSRs outside of the top 10. Baltimore is number three and KC is seventh. So best bet number one for me on this game is the second quarter over 13 and a half. Now, I did find one more interesting nugget in this game. Since the dawn of 1989, there have been 13 games in which a team has went home favorite to away dog to away dog in all the playoffs. Obviously, they all ended the championship game. And in those 13 games, the dog's actually 7-6 and six ATS with a flat margin. And that's an average line of plus 6.3. So 4-9 straight up, losing by 6.3 points a game. But if you take all that and combine it with a being a dog of 4 points or less, you get the numbers, geek. Pick of the week. Nerd alert. Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, inside of those 13 games, there have been four games in this situation, and the dog is 1-3 straight up, and 1-3 ATS, and 1-3 to the under. That's with an average line of 3 and an average total of 45 and a half. But if you tease the dog up, it's 4-0 ATS. And if you tease the total down and take the over, it's 4-0 to the over. I believe that equals 100% Longhorn, so we're going to go. Do math. <laughs> we're going to go plus 6.5 and, and take KC up to 10.5. We're going to take the total down to 38.5 and, and take the over for our Jeez. do no long. Number one, number one, best oh. bet there, bonus best bet. I like that. I honestly expect this game to go over anyway. I've got it projected, Baltimore winning 29-21, so I think it cruises past the actual total of 44. Plus, really? if you look at the history uh, between Lamar and Mahomes, the total points scored in the three games they've played against each other have been 61, 54, and 71. So I think considering the quality of both defenses, plus the weather, it's supposed to rain, that projected total of 50 that I have on this one seems fair. And again, that's over the original total anyway. You take that down to 38, I think we're fucking golden on that. I mean, it, man, I, it's, I guess it, I don't have a good feel on the on the over-under, but I would think it'd be a lower scoring game um, with these two defenses and, and kind of the... Um, you know, like just, I mean, KC's best unit is their defense. Baltimore's 
defense is awesome and they have good matchup, you know, personnel against against uh, Kelsey and, and, and that. So I don't know. I don't. Yeah, but I mean, if you, like I said, if you look through this series history of this, it's it's always a barn burner. It's the championship game. Mahomes not going to go out there and lay too much of a dud. And I expect them to be able to run the ball on Baltimore. I really do. And when they can run the ball, they run the ball at a really good clip. And I expect Baltimore to put up plenty of points as well. So, yeah, I, I like the over here straight up anyway. But UT's down to 38, and, yeah, I'm in. So we're getting, uh, oh, God, yeah, 85% chance of rain on Sunday. So it's going to be. Which rain doesn't ever really affect the total. It's always the wind. So And you got two, yeah. you got two great kickers. So I'm not worried yeah, not about as far special as that. teams. Not not as far as that, but <clears throat> I was just thinking more along the lines of um, which quarterback I would rather have playing in the rain. And I mean, I don't know. Actually, it, you know, with Lamar's running style, it, that could yeah. that could really help him. Exactly. But as far as throwing the ball, I I would much rather have uh, Mahomes with the ball in a must throw situation than than Lamar. I'd rather have yeah. Mahomes on the moon than Lamar. Yeah. I don't give a fuck where you're throwing the football or what the conditions are. It doesn't matter. And Lamar's throwing means literally – this is why I've liked Baltimore so much this year. His throwing literally means nothing to this team. It means nothing. The dude, He attempts like 23 passes a game, and they yeah. score a million points. It, it means nothing. It literally means nothing to them. So the couple of matchups that I'm really looking forward to – we're just going to extend a little bit since there's only two games to talk about. Um, like the matchups <clears> – the matchup between Bolton – and it, it sounds like Willie Gay might not play the other linebacker for Kansas City. Um, how they can contain Jackson on these, you know, scramble drills when he draws back to pass, or even just a straight, a straight run. That's going to be really interesting to see how they match up with there, with that. And if Gay is out, <clears throat> it's going to get very troublesome for um, for Kansas City at the linebacker position when it comes to defending Lamar out of the backfield. Now, they'll be fine. Um, well, not you know, Baltimore's really good at running the ball, but they'll be relatively fine there as they would be because Bolton's kind of the thumper and the gap filler there. But but Gay's a really key piece to, to maintaining and, and containing Jackson. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that plays out, and I will be on the over Lamar Jackson rush yards in that game for sure. And then on the other side, man, th- this is – if you love football and you love, you know, like like roster building and all that, the matchup with with Hamilton, the safety from uh, for Baltimore that, that came from Notre Dame and how they play him, whether it's on the line blitzing, shadowing Kelsey at, at tight end, or even you know you know running him in, into the deep end, which they'll do sometimes too because they do they do run some exotic blitzes. Here and there, um, I just I can't wait to see how they use that chess piece. But oh, looking over the entire defense for Baltimore, you can't find a weakness. Like they, I mean, at all three levels, inside and outside, they have no weakness, and this is why it's you know like like I mean, except they stink versus the run, which is weird because they it is have, weird, but they because do. they have really good defensive tackles, really good um, you know like uh, they run three four a lot, so really good. You know that three, four, five technique defensive end. Like they're just loaded there with with good players. So that makes me think it's more of a um, design. You know, like like yeah, um, that, more of a design. That, that could thing. be, man. It really could be. I think you know 
San Diego kind of started that trend. I think they mm -hmm. took it to the nth degree as that coach was one to do, go for every fourth down, even if it's fourth and one on your own 25 in the first quarter. He didn't give a fuck. Like, look, their analytics are great, and I do love them. But at some point, common sense has got to take over a little bit. And the way they were, he was attempting to do that by just saying, fuck it, we, you can run for 100 yards a game, we don't care. That's too much. That's You went too far in one direction. But there seems to be something in that, hey, let's let them run, because it's, su it's such a fucking EPA drainer to run the ball at any point. It's just always a terrible decision to do from an EPA standpoint. However... Mm. Sometimes, man, you just fucking have to because it's fucking football. Yeah, and I mean it's yeah, it's still football, and you got to win the game. So um, my mouse just break. Hold on, there it goes. It's back. Um, so also looking at this, at I've talked about the tackles for Kansas City all year long and how fucking shitty they are, and I mean my God, Donovan Smith and Taylor, who they signed the right tackle from Jacksonville. You, I mean, I know you don't. You don't look at PFF a lot, both seasons. But what would you, if if you know that like an average starting tackle in the league is somewhere between sixty five and seventy two, like where would you guess that this team for Kansas City, who has a chance to go to the Super Bowl, where would you say that their their ranking would be at? Like both tackles together, uh, fine together, separate. However, you want, however you want to do it, average. Uh, I, no, I'd say fifty, maybe. They are averaging 53. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's almost how can you win like that? And we've seen, you know, it goes along with like what I was saying with Mahomes. You know, Brady was kind of the model breaker back back when he was doing his 20-year run with, with New England. Like, like you could never, the, the number, Vegas could never catch up. They just kept raising the lines. It didn't matter. He kept covering and covering and covering at over 60%. Like, there, there are some people that are just model breakers and a quarterback that has two tackles who are god awful. That is god. That's that's as bad as you can get at starting tackles. And and I don't even blink an eye at it. Like I don't even fucking blink at it because you got Mahomes back there with the ball, and I know he's gonna make the right decision, the right read for the most part. He's gonna pull some shit out of his ass, and you know, and hopefully for me, anyways, that things go right and he can. Um, either win or stay within you know three and a half four points so um it's just man i cannot wait for the, this is the game i cannot wait to watch but i but also the game that i'm i'm waiting on betting so I, I love that you threw out a couple of best bets there um besides those best bets where where else are you kind of leveraged on this game so far well i like the nick bolton thing i'll get to him in a little bit but you just brought up one of the points that really kind of took me back from laying the points with Baltimore, and it was we watched that game, you know, together every play for Houston. Mm -hmm. And Stroud was running for his life pretty much the whole time, but that's also the only point that he made any offense. At any offense or any play that they made was him rolling out. And, I mean, he might – I mean, what did he complete? Maybe three passes where he actually hit his back foot, made a read, and fired the ball? No, he couldn't do it. He had to go scramble drill the whole time. And most of the time – because I think that Houston really went in with a conservative, like the coach probably just told him, hey, man, don't be the dude. Don't be the reason why we lose. Just if you right. ain't got it, throw it away. Throw it away. And what, how many times we see him roll out, dump, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. Every once in a while he'd take a shot, and that was their only offense. Well, Mahomes ain't going to do that shit. 
He's going to scramble. He's going to cup fucking keep shit alive. He'll run for a first down. He'll sling mm. the shit across his goddamn body, 30 yards across the field. And the find somebody. Run. Huh? We're going to see the backwards run, I guarantee you. Oh, we'll see We'll see him doing his donuts and all his tech tart <laughs> shit. And he'll go back to all of that. Uh-huh. And he's not going to be afraid to turn it loose, which, I, again, I commend the coaching staff for Houston for if that's what they did tell Stroud, that's excellent. Because one thing you don't want to do with a young quarterback like that, it doesn't matter if you go on the road and lose a playoff game in your rookie season to a much better team. Who gives a shit? He played good. He's not the reason why they lost. His confidence isn't shot. He'll and also they and also they should have had the lead at halftime, or they could have had the lead at halftime. So like the longer you stay in the game that you shouldn't be in, the better chance you have to win at the end. Exactly. And so now he gets to come back next year. He said, "Hey man, we gave him our best shot. We just weren't good enough. But this year we're going to be good. I'm more confident. I can make plays now. You know, I'll I'll try some plays, scrambling from the pocket, more plays." He didn't go out there. I mean, he could have easily went out there and all those scrambles. He could have thrown four fucking interceptions. It could have been a disaster, and it wasn't. So, but with Mahomes, he's not. He's not just gonna roll out and throw the fucking ball away. That ain't fucking happening. So that nah. that gave me pause too, because like, all right, well, they broke. He broke contain again and again and again. You tearing his jersey into the fucking fifteen in the red and white. That ball ain't going out of bounds. I promise you that. Which, but that brings up another point. Like, are they gonna? blitz like they blitz stroud because the worst thing you can do is blitz Mahomes. so it, it, it's i don't think that they will but match. like you said their tackles suck he, it didn't, they don't need to blitz his tackles like houston's tackles weren't that bad yeah. so they had to get some yeah. pressure on him somehow they don't have to blitz Mahomes. get pressure on him he's gonna have to roll out either way and like i said when he breaks contain if your money's against him you just hold your breath because you just know something terrible is about to happen to you <laughs> so he, you know what, I, I would almost, um, you know, this, you know, it's prop bet season. So like, if if that's true, what you're saying, and I completely agree with it because the game three lines up, bad tackles, he'll be scrambled out. But here's the deal: if they're not blitzing and they're getting pressure with three or four on the front, those zones are going to be flooded. And we've seen that, you know, because he forces the ball, I would look at some, you know, Mahomes over interception, like it's going to be, you know, a half interception. So. You know, if he gets frustrated, flooding the zones back there, but he's but he's still getting flushed out because the tackle suck. He's gonna force one, you know, and and we saw that, you know, especially if he's losing. Yeah, and which he, he almost at at a large portion of the game he probably will be. So yeah, that over over half an interception that'd be a prop I would look at. I also looked at one today, which I've got some prop bets built for later, but. I looked at one of the combined rushing yards for Lamar and uh, Mahomes, and I think it was like 85 or 90, something like that, because it was like 60 for Lamar and I think 25 for Mahomes. Oh, yeah, I like that. You, combined? Yeah, you combined. That Jesus. Yeah, it, it was, I was like, books. oh, that's, I like that. And, of course, it was minus on the big, but, fi- I mean, Lamar ran, can run for 100 by him fucking self. So, you know, combined. And I fully expect Mahomes to be on the fucking move. I mean, it's the playoffs. Oh, yeah. It's what he does. Yeah, for for sure, he will. He will. Serve, they both will. They're going to be going like crazy. Um, um, anything else stand out on this one? Uh, I get, like I said, I've got some prop built bet for or, or built for the free pick section. But as far as game theory, like I said, I mean, if anybody can beat the best team we've ever graded, it's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen and the best quarterback in the NFL. So I cannot lay four points to Patrick Mahomes. It's like you said, I think it's a fool's errand 
Um, he's never been this big a dog in the playoffs. And I just got to think that Andy Reid, which I'll get into a little bit later in the in the game prop theory, uh, I think you know he's going to have a good game plan together and how to get at this Baltimore defense. They're going to do everything they can to keep them in the game. And, yeah, I, but at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not, I can't line up on what I know is going to be the fucking square side. Again, that doesn't make it wrong. It just, I know that's what it's going to be. I don't like lining up on that either. I think they're actually, we'll move on, you know, from this game. But I think that Kansas City is relishing this opportunity because, you know, they, they hear the same shit that everybody else has. And Mahomes never won a game on the road in the playoffs. Like, he's always been at home. Like, I think they are relishing this opportunity to go on the road to Buffalo last week, played one of their best offensive games of the year, and then come in here, and this is just, Yeah, you know, and Buffalo could have easily won that game. They, yeah. they fucked it off in the end. <clears throat> Fucking Allen fucked it off with two poor decisions late. I mean, they easily hey. could have won that game. Hey, Lamar, when that pressure gets tight, that ball might sl- I mean, I'm telling you. Oh, he's a fumbler. I'm telling you. He's a fumbler. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the last game of championship week. San Francisco 49ers hosting your Detroit Lions. And they are, I think, still sitting at seven across the board. Refreshing, refreshing. Uh, Well, it's seven... And then seven minus 120. We'll call it seven and a quarter, seven and a half at a couple of the square books right now, or the most square books at seven and a half. The sharper books, it is seven, but Westgate's got it seven minus 120. So we'll call it seven, but it's starting to move. It is starting to move. Well, buddy, we're coming down to the end of the season, and it doesn't fucking matter what number you say because this is going to be the big dick pick of the week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm gonna put my dick in. But not the way you think. I am actually calling the giant blowout here. I The more I dug, I, you know, I think on Monday, you know, we talked a little bit about these games on the look ahead. And I thought I was going to be on Detroit here. Uh, I kind of want Detroit to win with my heart anyways, just because, well, there's a number of reasons, you know, I've, I've kind of called, I called this coming two years ago when we were sitting at the bar at, uh, in Cleveland. This is a true I, story. I swear it's a hundred percent. And I, and this, this has been building up for a couple of years with Detroit drafting and we were watching the draft in Cleveland. And this was the second, third round, you know, and I was just like watching it. And I'm like, dude, they're fucking killing it again. And you can, when you kill drafts year after year after year, it was coming. That started the whole, you know, like your Detroit Lions and, and me calling them that they're going to be really good and, and true contenders pretty soon. Now, um, it, they haven't gone to the Super Bowl, so, and they're not going to win this game, but um, still, they've built a really good roster. Um, but in this game, it is the big dick pick of the week because they are San Fran is going to win this game by double digits, probably closer to twenty. I'll be looking at alt lines on them for sure. And you, you know, if you're if you're a listener all year, you have heard there are two, three times a year that I will max out a bet. Everything will just line up, and it just becomes the perfect situation. And this is one of them. Okay, so number one. Uh, the weather. There's going to be no weather. It's perfect. We saw last week with Purdy. He has small hands. 
And when there's rain, this is the battle of the small hands quarterbacks. <laughs> it is, it is the battle of the small hands, but um, it it won't be a factor in this game. The weather should, at least with the weather, it should be should be perfect. Number two, the injuries situation, and this is where this is where it kind of like turned me to really love San Fran, and it was the fact that you know we did talk on Monday that Debo missing or possibly missing in this game is so important to San Francisco. Um, but I've heard a couple of people dig deep on this in the week, and I'm not going to credit them, but um, I'm going to steal their information and claim it as my own. But uh, boy, Yeah. So, but here's the deal. If you go back and look at, at when Debo has missed, it has, when they've struggled on offense, it's coincided with when Trent Williams has missed. Now, if you go back and look at when Trent Williams is in, Debo is out and everybody else is in. They score just fine. So maybe Debo's not as important. I mean, obviously he's important. He's a fantastic player, but it's not the um, it's not the piece that I thought it was going to be get uh, as I went into this week. So uh, I think he probably will play, but even if he doesn't, I'm not as worried about that anymore as I, as I was on Monday. Now the defense for San Francisco. <clears throat> their strength, and and if you remember last week, we were watching Detroit play um, Green Bay. Tampa uh, Bay. Um, sorry, Tampa Bay. Wrong we watching, Bay. Yeah, too many bays. Uh, we were watching. We were watching them play Tampa Bay, and you said you made an observation that Detroit or Golf specifically, the only pass he makes is over the middle, and it's so it, it's. I mean, obviously that's that's you know a little hop hyperbolic but it's it's so very true most of detroit's success passing the ball is over the middle to saint brown or laporta and even even like um you know one of the whoever their second or third receivers are at the time they've been interchangeable you know through the years um so but a lot of them are just like you never see the goal ball you never see the nine over the top that's not what they do and probably because golf can't do it to be honest with you. So they live over the middle. And guess what? The strength of San Francisco's defense in the passing game is defending over the middle with those two fantastic linebackers. So I love the matchup there. And now let's go to the the defense defensive line of San Francisco, where you know you can run on them a little bit, but here's the deal. For the offensive line for Detroit, which they love to run the ball, well, they're missing. One of their key starters, Jonah Jackson, got hurt last week. I, I mentioned that when we were watching the game. I was like, "Where the hell's their left their left guard? He's out." That left guard was getting his ass whipped last week against Tampa Bay, just causing them fits. So Jonah Jackson's out. We saw that Ragnow, the center, the fantastic All Pro center, he's banged up. He's playing hurt. So I think that that matchup, um, the possible advantage that Detroit was going to have on the offensive line, is going to be hampered. So everything points to san francisco for me in this game and every other time this year that i've maxed out my bets i've hit them all and i i've maxed out like my 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 online book is actually saying you can't bet anymore in this game because you've hit your max so so i <laughs> i am maxed out all on, small all tall hit them all, i mean baby. all of them i've got i've got san fran maxed out on the tease down i've got san fran maxed out on the um you know the minus I actually, I actually at one point bought them down. It was a cheap buy to minus six and a half. So I did that. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm loaded up on San Fran here. The other game, KC and Baltimore, like I said, I'm like, I'm leaning KC and I will be on KC at a certain number. 
But this one, I'm going heavy on San Fran, and I hope that your that your numbers over there can back me up. All right. Well, we'll start off with a little trend here. Detroit. There's been three previous games where the team in the playoffs was at home for the first two games and then on the road for the third playoff game. Those teams are 0-3 straight up and ATS with an average line of plus one losing by 19 points per game. And uh, 19 points ATS, 20 points straight up, sorry. And all three of those have happened since the new format started. So basically, this is where these teams go to die. Mm. All right, and the biggest dog for that has been plus three twice. Detroit's plus seven. Translation, they probably stink. <laughs> uh, their average to slightly below average team, if you look at since week nine, they're not the EPA on offense, 25th on defense, average that together. You get right about 16, so that makes sense. And their powering quad has never made it to the conference championship game, so... That tells you right there, they are an outlier just to even fucking be here, which is why they are a seven-point dog. Now, inside of that, you mentioned a lot of great stuff there. The Lions have not played a game on grass, Longhorn, since week 14. That's almost two months ago by the time kickoff happens. Mm -hmm. And their last game on grass, they scored 13 points versus the Bears. Mm -hmm. And then the game before that? It's bad. Really bad. (laughs) Against Green Bay, they scored 22, and golf was a disaster in that game. What do those two teams and San Fran have in common? They are all three top six in zone coverage rate in the league and bottom 10 in blitz percentage. Why is it important? Because golf struggles against the zone. His pass rating versus zone is worse than Nick Kiss My McMullins. And he's wow. really good against the blitz. Number six in the league at blitz completion percentage, and more importantly, 11th in YPA. While being blitz. So if you sit back and play coverage and make him make decisions and have throw balls into certain windows, as my buddy just mentioned, the flag route over the top of the linebackers, but in in, in front of the corners as San Fran likes to play those games, he cannot make that ball duck and dive uh, like the most uh, untalented quarterbacks can. He's over the middle, and like, like my buddy said, and San Fran, the way they get a lot of those hot stick routes is – because the team's playing man and they blitz. San Fran ain't going to do that. So it's going to be struggle time for old small hands there on the Detroit side. Now, on the flip side of that, Detroit plays an average amount of man coverage, which is what Purdy excels against. But on top of that, Detroit blitzes at a top four rate in the league. And of all the starters in the league who faced 80 or more pressures this league, so in other words, you had to get at least, I brought it up to you, you had to get at least basically five or six starts to make the list. I wanted, you know, people to put in actual time. Purdy is the number one quarterback at blitz completion percentage. He completes 70% of his passes while being blitzed. But more unreal than that, his YPA while being blitzed is 11.3. The second best person in the league is at 8.7. So when Detroit brings that blitz, which they will do because it is what they do, They are going to get fucking destroyed by Purdy in this offense. Now, does the genius Kyle Shanahan recognize this and actually do it? Maybe. (laughs) Or maybe he decides this is the week he wants to run, since that's what Detroit actually does well on defense. They're actually number three EPA. He fucking better not do that. (laughs) I swear to God, he better not. Well, 
he better not because they're really fucking good. Number three since week 12, EPA success, uh, rushing success rate on defense. And maybe Kyle's so goddamn cocky he wants to prove that he can run on them because that's just the nature of his fucking retardation. And even if he recognizes it and he has the game plan to throw heavy and Detroit is able to throw him a curveball and doesn't send the blitz, will he make an adjustment? I fucking doubt it. We saw the stat last week. He's 0-30 before last week. We're losing by five or more in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's for that reason alone, I have no reason to believe that it's either a lack of skill or a lack of will for him to change his game plan during the game. We've had enough of a sample size at this point to know it has to be one or two, if not both of those reasons. And I'm done trusting him to make the right move as a head coach. But at the end of the day, you know, they did win for the first time ever last week while being down because, quite simply, this is the best team he's ever had in San Francisco. Uh, and number two, in the championship round, if you're the better team in all three of our big three metrics, you're 3-1 ATS since 2015. The only team not to cover was last year, Cincy, and that was NKC as a one-and-a-half-point dog, which is probably never happening against Mahomes at home. And also, they were not better at PPD. If you're better at all three plus PPD, it's 2-0 ATS since 2015. And in those two games, Longhorn, the favorite has won 49-15 to and 36-17. to So much like last week, there is zero world where I could recommend taking Detroit in this game. And for all his Down Syndrome tendencies, Kyle is 7-3 ATS in the playoffs in his career. It's 2-8 to the under with an average line of 2 and a total of 47.5. At home, he's 4-1 ATS. Green Bay actually last week was his first ATS loss in the playoffs at home. And that's with an average line of minus 8. So they are covering by 4.5 points a game with an average line of minus 8. 5-0 straight up. Translate that. They're winning by 12.5 points per game. So this leads me to best bet on this game, and it's the Dunawan Namato teaser of the week. We're going to take San Fran down to minus one on a six-pointer, and we're taking the total up to 57 and taking the under. Look, there's every reason in the world to take San Francisco minus seven on this one. The defense has been leaky over the second half of the season, and that's what worried me about Green Bay coming in last week. That's why I didn't want to lay that big number against them, but... Green Bay has a superior quarterback at this point, or at least the quarterback that was playing better right now. Since week nine, Jordan Love had the number three EPA plus CPOE in the entire fucking NFL. Golf is number 12, so there's no doubt who was playing better in the second half. Purdy, by the way, is number one in that stat, just saying. But golf being outside the top 10 makes me a lot less apprehensive that San Francisco can't cover this big number. In fact, I've got an alternate spread built into one of the parlays that I'll give you here in a little bit, so I love that you said that. Um, And they've only played two quarterbacks inside the top 10 metric in the second half of the season, and they didn't cover either one of those, and both were at home. They played six quarterbacks outside of the top 10 of the metric. They are 7-0 ATS versus them. They played six quarterbacks, seven games, so they played Geno twice. So that's why it's only six quarterbacks. So that seems to be the line of demarcation of what teams can actually give the 49ers trouble. But to add to that, the two teams with the top 10 quarterbacks also had a top 10 EPA success, EPA rushing success rate on offense. I think that combination is obviously what it takes to give the 49ers trouble and even take that team down, which Baltimore 
has, by the way, just a little foreshadowing. And Detroit is number six in that metric, so they do have half the equation. San Francisco played one team since week nine that had half that equation, and they won the game 42-19, to and that was in Philly, who does rank above the lines in both, but they are behind Detroit in defense during that period. So Detroit actually has as bad as Detroit's defense has been, is better than that shitty Philly defense was the second half of the year. So that does give the Lions slight hope at covering this number from a numbers or from a metric standpoint. Overall, though, I expect San Fran to win and more likely not to cover that number and probably cover it big. This is a much more favorable matchup for them than Green Bay was. Uh, but the avenue here for Detroit to cover this number is San Fran's run defense has been fucking poverty in the second half of this year. And Detroit is elite at running the football. So if they can't control the ball and shorten this game, and Goff can just play, he's got to play. Here's the thing. He can't just play average, though. He's got to play one of the best games he's ever played on top of them having huge success running the ball. If he can do that, they do have an avenue to cover the seven. But to do that, I think they're going to have to score 21 points at a minimum this year on the road, on grass. They have averaged 19 points per game. I project this game 27-19, so literally just over the line. I'm going to let this number settle. I was saying hopefully maybe I can get it under the seven. I don't think that that might happen at this point, but either way, uh, I'll try. If I can't get him under seven, I don't want to buy it because here's here's one thing I also found. If I'm going to try to catch it live, when the first quarter is a stalemate or possibly Detroit even has a lead. So since the new format started, the road dogs are two, three and one of the money line in Q1. So if you pair that with the fact that San Fran usually starts slow, they are four, three and two in the money line Q1 this entire season at home. The lines are five, three and one at Q1 of the money line on the road. You might have a chance to catch a discounted number on San Fran. If Detroit can get up, 3 nothing, 7 nothing, 7-3 in the first quarter. Uh, and then we'll see. In their last but, – but the Lions' last two games on the road on grass, they lost Q1 14 nothing and 10 nothing. So there's also a chance they get blown the fuck out from the opening whistle and it never fucking stops and this game's over before it ever starts. Yeah, and they never get to run the ball. Like they, right. I mean, just It's just – I can't, man. I can't see a path for Detroit. I really can't. I mean, I, it, you're you're laying out how, in theory, it would work. Yeah, there's but. only one way, and I never like taking a dog when there's only really one fucking way, and it involves an average quarterback for his entire career playing well above fucking average. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, as far as your teaser, I don't, I don't mind your teaser the way you did it. I've done it the other way, and I think it could actually land in the middle, and they both hit. But I took San Fran down, and I took the total down and played the over just because. You know, oh, the, that could definitely hit. Yeah, because like Detroit, you know, if they get behind, they're going to actually do some had crazy that projected shit. to hit. Uh, they're going to go. You took it they're down. They're going to go for two. They're going to go for it on fourth down with some variance there, and then San Fran could score thirty-eight points themselves. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like I like that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got a projected to be forty six points. So if you took it down six, yeah, that's they're, they're, it's right there in the middle of both of them. Yeah, yeah, it's a I, you know, and I think that that this and you know we talked about that KC is going to be the square dog. I think I think Detroit. Is, I think it, like you talk about everybody wanted Houston win. I bet if we were in Vegas this week, that 
fucking place would go crazy for Detroit anytime they do something good. They're going to be all over Detroit in this game. Yeah, you could be right about that for sure. I just know there's a lot more Mahomes fans in the world than there are Lions fans. <laughs> and then, I mean, we didn't, you know, it's not with this game, but we didn't even mention the uh, the Taylor Swift factor in the, in the KC-Baltimore matchup. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, w- I actually watched a clip of uh, the Kelsey Brothers podcast, and it was a funny story that, you know, he saw his brother jump out of the booth and rip his shirt off and chug a beer with Bill's Mafia or whatever. And Travis was like, man, I saw you on video doing that. He's like, did you plan to do that? Or was that like in the moment? He's like, oh, no, I planned it. He said, I told my wife before the game. I was like, hey, just so you know, uh, Trav scores a touchdown. I'm jumping out this fucking suite, and I'm ripping my shirt off and drinking a oh, beer. <laughs> and she's like, you better fucking not. This Because this is the first time she got to meet Taylor. You better not do that in front of Taylor. This is oh, my only chance to make a good first impression. You better not do that in front of Taylor. He's like, honey, I'm not asking for mit- permission. I'm just warning you that it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> like, please, can I can I chug a beer in the football stands? I, who gives a fuck about Taylor Swift and what she might think? Who cares? Yeah, she's like, oh, I don't want to make a bad first impression. You don't want to make a bad first impression. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The first time I met you, I was blacked out drunk in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually seen, I don't listen to that show, but I haven't seen Jason Kelsey's um, wife, but I hear that, you know, he's he's a, he's a the cool one, kind of. He's oh, not Mr. Pfizer. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's the everyman, for sure. Right. All right, you got anything else on this one? Um, I got some prop bets coming up for everybody, but that's all as far as the side and game theory. That's all I really had on it. Yeah, just just um, I mean, I think, I, I'm with you 100. Um, percent I I I think we get a great game to start, and we're yeah. all snoozing by halftime of the uh, of the second one. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'm glad that we're um, that I got support on the um, on the big dick pick because I think this I think this is going to get ugly. And it's going to continue to get ugly, and um, and yeah, you're right. This is going to be over by you know mid third quarters. It's going to be done. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Then wins coming to the air tonight, baby. Boys and girls, time you all been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. And these are podcast exclusive Longhorn. Lay it on them, baby. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, look, it's it'd be kind of stingy and selfish of me to not put out one of my biggest bets of the year as the free pick. There's only three games left, so fuck it. Why not? Officially, because at the time of recording, it's minus seven, so we got to go minus seven on San Fran. Uh, they win by 20, so don't worry about it. San Fran minus seven, free pick. All right. So I've got uh, some same game parlay props for you guys. KC Baltimore, start up with this one. Pacheco over 14 and a half carries in must win games late in the season. Kansas City's turned to Pacheco pretty heavily due to their lack of passing game against Cincy Week 17. Must win to clinch his three seeds, secured some rest for Week 18. He had 18 carries. Against Miami, it was terrible weather. He had 24 carries. And last week, against Buffalo, 15 carries. I told you Baltimore's one weakness on defense was their rushing defense. And although Andy Reid might not be the genius 
that Shanny is, he's also not dumb enough to go away what's been working for them. And then my buddy mentioned Nick Bolton. I'm taking him over the eight and a half solo plus assisted tackles. In the last three games he's played, he's had 13, 10, and 13. Nobody in the league runs the ball more than Baltimore. They will have at least 30 attempts, all players combined. Last week, Buffalo had 39 attempts, and he had 13 combined tackles. The opportunities will be more than plentiful for him to get over the 8.5 number. And then lastly, oh, the Gus Bus anytime touchdown. Well, Gus Bus has been the Ravens' goal line, TD, vulture all season. And the Chiefs mm-hmm. average giving up 1.5 touchdowns in the red zone per game for the season, which isn't terrible. But they did give up three last week to Buffalo. And the Gus Bus is due. Longhorn, did you know that in six career playoff games, he's never scored a touchdown? Oh, I can guarantee you he, he knows yes. that. And I'm sure he's let Lamar know that. And Lamar loves to feed his guys. So I like the Gus Bus to get postseason TD number one here. And again, that's anytime touchdown. Put that all together. It's plus 600. Now, moving on to San Fran, Detroit. I got two for you. First one's a quick one. C-Mac, first touchdown score. Combine that first half being the highest scoring half, and this goes along perfectly with our game theory. San Fran blows them the fuck out, and what you see in these championship games when there is a blowout, there is almost no scoring in the second half. The other team comes out, gives up a fight in the third quarter, but once it's petered out and the fourth quarter happens, I mean, you see games go under six points all the fucking time in the fourth quarter, under seven points all the time in the fourth quarter. First half, highest scoring half. And then San Fran on the alternate spread, minus 13 and a half. You put those three together, pays you plus 1,200 on a three-legger. And then the biggest pizza money parlay of the week. And please, please, please order the smallest pizza you possibly can on this. It's eight legs. All right. Brock Purdy. A slice of pizza. A literal slice of pizza <laughs> from like CeCe's. Don't be ordering like one of those big New York pieces either. All right, Brock Purdy, 300 or more passing yards. Purdy, over two and a half passing touchdowns. Ayuk, over five and a half catches. Gibbs, 25 or more receiving yards. Ayuk, over 105 and a half receiving yards. Laporta, under 42 and a half receiving yards. The Lions, team total under 20 and a half. And use check any time touchdown score because in a blowout <laughs> shanny loves to feed that man the fucking ball on the red in the on the goal line that eight leg parlay plays you plus eighty thousand so one dollar wins you eight hundred dollars hmm. i mean a slice of pizza would pay you at least you know two or three grand then yeah easily Easily. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, that wraps up episode number 189. Sounds right to me. So y'all be sure and go to the website and check out these free picks. I will post those up there for you. Uh, um, but, you know, like I, like I teased last week, we're going to be expanding. We're going to be doing some cool things in the offseason, and we will get with y'all as soon as we get that ironed out. But I promise you, it will be more fun. It will be better for you, better for us. We can't wait to interact with y'all more uh, throughout the week and even on you know game day. Uh, you know, with some with some live bets possible, we'll see how it all works out. So you know, don't be dicks, and uh, we'll be cool too, and, <laughs> and it'll all be fun. 
Um, so, but also let's tease a little bit into the off season fun that the between football seasons subscribe to the revolution network because it is time to dip into our second love, which is talking about what's going on in this country and in, and in our lives personally bouncing that back and forth. So it's fun. And look, it's election season coming up. We are, what is it? Nine months away from election. So we're going to have a fun off season of digging into all of that. And, you know, like it seems like even though we spend most of our time talking about football and digging into that right now, it seems like on the peripheral that we're on the brink of civil war and we still have a president that can't talk and we still <laughs> and we and we still have uh, chicks with dicks. So it sounds like not a whole lot's changed since we dipped into the politics, but we look forward to getting back into that. Uh, so s- subscribe to the Revolution Network, and you'll get all the feeds of all the shows over there. But um, yeah, do any of these things because football season is not over. So subscribe to the podcast FGH, share it with your friends, and if you do any of these things, we become partners for life in both Sevas as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a selfie, baby.